Hey, thanks, Coombs. That was great. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, a few people posted uh, in the comments. Phil was querying how many coffees Troy has actually had. Uh, you'll have to find out later, but it's a bit. So anyway, it's great to have you all with us this morning. And uh, yeah, I've been thinking these certainly are unprecedented times. They're, life is really different for many of us, and we're trying to work out how to survive, how to be, how to do our everyday life. And it's really complicated. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about my life. And my life is a bit like a roller coaster at the moment. So I feel like um, it's been busy and loud and noisy and crazy. And to be honest, the day school from home started, it kind of felt like we came over the precipice and we hit speed and the bottom dropped out from underneath us and the kids screamed and I screamed and it all went a bit crazy. Honestly, it went a little bit like this. I don't know what your password is. Why don't you have a look in your school bag? Maybe it's in your diary. I don't know. I'll try and find a double adapter in a minute. Why are you on the trampoline? You're supposed to be inside in here working. I don't know where you put your school bag. Keep looking. Have you read the email? It says you have to read the email. Keep scrolling. No, don't click. Hang on. I'll try and find your earphones in a minute. They might be on the desk. I don't know. And it just, it just went like that. And it was insane. And it was crazy. And it was loud. And it was busy. And it was noisy. And I don't know what your week's been like. But that's what mine was like until the roller coaster hit the bottom, bottomed out, and the kids hopped off and went to their dads and it got deathly quiet in my house. And then the voices in my head got louder. I don't know what it's been like for you, but it's been a little bit like this. So I love the movie Inside Out. It's an animation and it's about a young girl who... Uh, is thinking about all the voices inside her head and she's you know got the joy and the fear and the disgust and the sadness and the anger and all of those things and how they interplay and I know for me those are the sort of voices that go inside in my head when I'm under pressure and we're all under pressure at the moment this is the topic we're talking about all cooped up so whether you're by yourself and cooped up on your own or cooped up and there's dozens of you in your house, a bit like, actually, we don't all live together. It's just Troy's picture was just this, this room this morning. Um, but no matter what, you are, what your home looks like, we are actually in a stage of being a bit all cooped up. And we're going to have to think about what God's got to say to us in how we handle this season. The topic I'm looking at this morning is rediscovering me. So I wonder if we might stop and pray and listen for a moment to what God might say. Loving God, I thank you that you are here with us wherever we are, and I pray that you come and meet with us, whether it's in our lounge rooms, in our kitchens, or wherever. Uh, I ask that you will open our ears to listen to you, open our hearts to be transformed by you, and help us to work out how best to thrive in this season of life. We know that life is different, but you are the same yesterday, today, uh, and tomorrow. So God be with us and speak into our lives in this moment. Amen. So I wonder what life looks like for you at the moment. I've shared a bit of what mine looks like and the crazy roller coaster that it is. Um, but I wonder whether yours is um, busy, crazy, not a moment to think, or quiet and lonely, perhaps even a little bit scary. I wonder. It might be something in between. It might be a mixture of both. Uh, but I, I guess the question I'm asking is what are the internal voices? And what are we doing with them? What we can do with those voices is we can stick our fingers in our ears and we can try and run headlong through life, totally ignoring them and not paying any attention to them. We can uh, uh, put the TV on, we can put the radio in the car, we can, you know, w watch whatever. One of the things that we tend to do is this. 
we scroll. And we don't even mean to necessarily pick up and scroll. It's just something that's automatically happening in our lives. And we're just scrolling without thinking. Uh, And, you know, when you're on Facebook and you're watching a video, there's this new little thing that's happening down the bottom. And it's terrifying me because it tells me that the next video is going to start playing the minute the last one's finished. And don't even get me started on Netflix. There's this little thing in the bottom corner of the TV at Netflix. And when you get to the end of an episode, it counts down like five, four, Three, two, oh, well, stuff it, I'll just keep watching. The next episode's already started. And what's happening is like a a bit of a blending of time, a blurring of time. And the world is taking away my choice to actually stop and pause and listen. I wonder what we can do about it. Someone asked me the other day, when those moments happen, when there's something going on inside me and I choose to go to Netflix or to the pantry to eat or to scroll through Facebook. What would happen if I stopped and asked myself, what's going on in me that's causing me to want to do this thing? And is Netflix actually the answer? I reckon that's a great question that we can be asking ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a good binge watch of a show. My boys and I absolutely 100% binge watched season one of Lego Masters before season two started and it was great but to be honest we'd done a lot of work with school at home and we deserved a rest on the couch so there's nothing wrong with it when it's the right time but the big question that I want to ask is what are the implications to never stopping and paying attention to ourselves and I think there are implications but I think there are implications to stopping and listening too much if those voices those internal narratives are running rampant uh, if they're unchecked uh, and running crazy. And in this time of isolation, there's a lot of people doing time on their own. And there is this possibility that those voices are even louder than ever before. Particularly one voice, the inner critic. Let me unpack the inner critic for you for a moment. This voice is sneaky and quite frankly, unhelpful. Uh, It will feed you constant thoughts about your self-worth. It will make you doubt yourself and it will always sabotage you. The inner critic is pretty unhelpful. It's the voice that says, I go and have another drink or cake or whatever it is. And then in a split second turns around and says, you're such a loser, you've got no self-control. That's the inner critic. And it's a really complex voice. And sometimes the inner critic gets so uh, over the top and constant that it becomes almost like, I don't know, like a, a vexatious litigant where it's just barraging you and bombarding you constantly with nasty untruths and they don't stop coming. And in fact, when I was thinking about this idea, that, that inner voice, that one that constantly bombards us sounds a little bit like the serpent in the story in Genesis who, when he encounters the people that God created, says things like, ah, oh, did God really say that? I don't know, that doesn't seem fair to me. Does it seem fair to you? Or I just do it my own way. And then the minute we do it our own way, turns around and says, you're such a loser. God wouldn't want to love you anyway. That's a really dangerous voice that we could be listening to. Now, not everybody lives in that life of that inner voice place. But for those who do, turning up the music or putting Netflix on repeat might actually be a helpful thing in the moment or an antidote, 
But I think something important is lost in terms of our growth if we never actually stop. So I wanted to take a look at this verse. If you've got your Bibles, uh, go and grab them if you haven't got them. If you've got your Bibles, look up the book of Romans. Uh, You might want to search it up on a device or something like that. Uh, But this is from Romans. And a guy called Paul, who's a follower of Jesus, wrote this letter. And I think it's got some really good stuff in it that might actually be useful for us to think about. And I think it's got some particular keys for us topping this, sorry, addressing this topic of, uh, of rediscovering me. So I'm going to read it. This is Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. So my dear family, this is my appeal to you by the mercies of God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Worship like this brings your mind into line with God's. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. It's a great passage, one worth memorizing if you can. The part that I want to talk about um, particularly at the moment is this idea of do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, this is a test pattern. Back in my day, this was something, I'm, I think I'm old enough to say back in my day. Back in my day, the test pattern was something that would come onto the TV. Now, in my memory, it had two functions. The first function is when it came on, it meant there was no more TV on for the rest of the night. Yes, that's right. No more, nothing to watch, no other alternatives. Pretty crazy to imagine. But that's what happened. I actually don't remember what time it came on. I'm pretty sure I wasn't allowed to watch TV that late. But when it came on, there was no more TV. The second function it had was as a test pattern to test the accuracy of the, um, the feed that was coming through to your television. It was to check if the black was black, if the white was white, if the up was up, the down was down, the round was round, and to see if the message that your TV was receiving was true and accurate. And I reckon that this is a worthy image for us to have a bit of a think about. I wonder what it would be if we had a test pattern for a kingdom of life, sorry, a kingdom of heaven kind of life. What would it look like if we had that kind of test pattern? I actually think we do have that kind of test pattern. We absolutely have a test pattern for our lives. And it's the person of Jesus. Jesus tells us that he is the way and the truth and the life. He tells us that he is the way and the truth and the life. He is the test pattern that we can look to. Jesus, the person and his life, the word of God and everything that it teaches us, and the presence of God in our average everyday moments in our lives, the Holy Spirit. That is our best test pattern of all. We can know the truth. Jesus tells us that he's the truth. Uh, His life and his teaching reveals us the truth. He reveals God the Father to us. His death and his rising to life not only gives us access to the truth, but allows us freedom in the truth. And he left the Holy Spirit to be able to nudge us and point us in the direction of the truth as we travel the everyday parts of our lives. But the thing that we forget to do is to check in with the test pattern. Brene Brown, uh, she's an author uh, and a psychologist. And in her recent work, Rising Strong, talked about this idea of 
um, the stories that we tell ourselves. <clears throat> now, she tells this story one time of where she was coming out of a meeting and she said to a colleague, hey, you know, that was a great meeting. And the colleague responded with, eh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, and then Brene talks about how she went away and the story that she told herself was, oh man, it was probably a terrible meeting. I think I said the wrong thing. I think I, I did the wrong thing in that meeting. Oh, I'm no good. You know, maybe, maybe I should just quit my job. And then she pulled herself up and she said, hang on, what's the story I'm telling myself here? Uh, and she had to rethink it and she had to ask herself, do I need to fact check the story? Do I need to redraft it? And so she rang up the colleague uh, and, and checked her story with the colleague. And the colleague said, no, I just got a, a text message from my sister about my parents. And, and I was worried about that. It's not about you. Uh, and I've been talking about this with my kids and teaching them the idea of actually fact-checking the story that they're telling themselves. Uh, so when something happens in one of their lives and uh, they have a bit of a meltdown, I'll actually stop and say to them, hang on, what's the story that you're telling yourself? And do we need to fact-check it? I think it's a really good practice. And my question is, how could this apply for us as we're trying to live a Jesus kind of life? How, how might we apply that principle today? Uh, and I guess the answer is to actually use the test pattern of Jesus, to actually think about the things that we're, we're, we're querying, to listen to the inner voices and actually stop long enough to ask the questions. You know, what do I know about God that might speak into this? What do I know about who God says I am? that might speak into this situation? What are the truths that I can be sure about in my life? And can I ask the Holy Spirit to help me rewrite the story that I'm telling myself? It's a really great exercise to be able to stop and do. Sometimes though, in the moment, we can't actually do that. We actually have to push the hold button and come back to it later. There's too much going on. There's too much busy for us to stop and, and do that work of, of focusing and listening and the dialogue. So we have to put it on hold. And the idea is that we put it on hold and we say to God, I'm going to come back and I'm going to address that later because I know that that's an unhelpful set of thoughts. And I'm going to just kind of let it go past me. I'm going to push the hold button and I'm going to come back and address it later on when I've got the time, when I can unpack it intentionally and when I can think about it and allow the Holy Spirit to, to redraft the story with me and to check the facts against the test pattern. Second Corinthians uh, 10, 5 puts it this way. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, my littlest boy, um, when he and I talk about this idea, he imagines that he's got a little butterfly net and he takes the thought that's unhelpful and he catches it and then he puts it in his hands. And then I say to him, well, tell God what the thought was and ask him what he thinks. And then he does. And he says, I think God doesn't think that thought's right. And, and we have a discussion about reorienting that thought and re-understanding it through the framework of who Jesus says we are and who God is. Uh, the message puts it this way, and I think this is really beautiful. It's about fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. That's what we're aiming for here. It's a constant wrestle to align my, my, my self-worth, my self-image and my aspirations with the kind of life that God wants me to live. But I think the struggle is worth it. I think the wrestle is worth it. We need to stop and listen 
and maybe reframe how we're looking at the things of our life. A few weeks ago, Cindy talked about a time when she was sitting on her back deck, looking at trees and spending time with God. And I found myself saying, well, that's nice, but I'm just not wired that way. I'm kind of a doing type of person, not a, a resting, being, reflecting kind of person. But then I heard God challenge me on that. This is what I feel like God said to me in that moment when I said, I'm just not wired that way. I felt like God say, not wired that way. Hang on, I wired you. I created you. I didn't wire you that way. Do you really think that I would wire my children to not be able to be in a, in a slow, steady, quiet, reflective relationship with me? Now, that's not how I wire my children. I wired you to, to, to desire that and to seek that and to be able to sit in that easily. The experiences that you've had in life and the choices that you've made, maybe they've rewired you a little bit, but that's not how I wired you. And I was really quite struck by that. I need to redraft that story that I'm telling myself. I actually think God did wire me that way. And I think my life has rewired me and I need to allow God to, into my life, into my thoughts, into the voices that go on in my head and allow him to rewire them. God is actually in the business of rewiring. He's in the business of recreating uh, restoring and rewiring. The last part of this passage says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think that's exactly what happened to me in that moment is there was a wrestle. I had to think about who God was, who he says I am and fit the truth back in to the story that I was telling myself. And the only way to do that is to stop long enough to listen, to pause to be, to be fully present and attentive to myself and to listen for God to speak the truth into my life. And I find that I'm learning the same lesson over and over again. I feel like I say to God, yes, teach me again. I feel like a, a child who just doesn't listen. And I say, God, remind me again who you are and who I am and what the truth is and keep doing that internal work in me so that the truth sinks in and it sinks in all the way to the bottom so that I know that I know. And I think that's a work that's going to continue happening as God uh, renews my mind. And God will not tire of doing that. He will not sleep or slumber. This is his, his, his desire to do this work uh, in restoring himself to us. So perhaps you're someone who's never considered this idea of a kingdom of, of God kind of test pattern for your life someone who's never considered the place of Jesus in your life. And I'll just encourage you to turn everything off and just stop and ask and then listen. Go in and have a look at the story of Jesus' life and ask the question, what would it look like if, if, this, if this truth spoke into my life? Or perhaps you're someone who, who needs to actually revisit that idea of pausing and stopping. Perhaps you need to stop running about, stop chasing the noise, stop chasing the pattern of this world. This world is geared to make us turn the music up and we need to turn it down and pay attention to ourselves. I wonder if you need to, to bring back in some people in your life who'll remind you 
of that test pattern. He'll remind you of what's up and what's down and what's, what's black and what's white and what's real and what's not and reorient you, maybe a triplet or something like that, maybe, maybe connecting into a group, maybe listening to some podcasts, you know, whatever it is you can do to, to maybe push the pause button and stop and listen and, and risk the voice of the inner critic rising up or the loneliness or whatever it is, but ask the voice of God to be the loudest person in the conversation. I wonder if this time of us being all cooped up uh, in you know, these new, normal, unprecedented, we don't know how long they'll last times. I wonder if this is actually an opportunity. Uh, and I would hate for us to, to find that this new normal lifted and we went back to the old normal and we didn't actually take the opportunity to do something different in the space, uh, to reorient ourselves to the test pattern that Jesus puts forth. I wonder if if we looked back, we might be disappointed that we didn't take the opportunity when things were a little bit different to shift the way in which we do our life. Perhaps it's a time in our life when we can intentionally seek those moments out so that when the test pattern comes on and the TV goes off and the sound goes all quiet and it's your voice and the voice of God having a gentle reorienting conversation that speaks truth into your life and you rediscover who the true you is. As we listen to the song that's coming up, I wonder if this might be a moment where you can practice that, that little pause, that little stop, that little breathe out moment and listen to the words and say, God, what, what, what do you want to say? How do you want to speak into my life and listen because Jesus is powerful to transform us. Thanks.